Welcome to Kill Chain, a platform cybersecurity and technology podcast presented by Fleet Defender. I'm your host, Marcus Q, and today we have Kendall Bricko. Hey, everyone. And Daniel Kovach with us. Hello. Today, we're going to be talking about Autotech Detroit and Kendall and Daniel's experience with the conference and some of the cool technology and things they learned. So stay tuned. Kendall, Daniel, thank you for joining us today. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. So super excited to hear about Autotech Detroit. I know you guys spent a few days there, got to go around, meet all the exhibitors, see all the cool technology coming to the automotive space. Uh, but to back up just a little bit, Kendall, maybe you can tell us a little bit about what Autotech Detroit is. Yeah, so Autotech Detroit, it covered a lot of areas that were related to Autonomy, uh, electric vehicles, interconnectivity, and something called ADOS. Oh, ADOS. Okay, that's a new one for me. So maybe uh, you or Daniel can walk us through what ADOS is. Sure, I can take that one. Uh, so ADOS is uh, a new acronym which stands for Advanced Driver Assistance System. Uh, so basically, when, as we move more toward autonomous vehicles, fully autonomous vehicles, what we're starting to see is the fact that various aspects of autonomy via machine learning or advanced, uh, you know, other advanced me methods are starting to creep into the automotive industry. So these ADOSs are basically uh, tools that help the driver uh, or assist them in some way. Right. For example, if uh, you're driving down the road and you want to you're in a new city and you want to see, say, the tallest building in Tampa or something like that, you can uh, ask the vehicle via direct speech uh, to to tell you a little bit about it, maybe guide you to it. Uh, it'll help optimize your uh, your path, your uh, driving trajectory, uh, your routes. And, um, you know, now we're starting to see a lot of integration of machine learning. Machine learning is a huge uh, buzzword in just about everything these days, especially uh, the automotive industry, right? So we're starting to see a lot of integration even with chat GPT or a chat GPT-like large language model. And uh, again, this is kind of what we would call in uh, the machine learning industry a gray box because it's uh, basically the machine learning capabilities are assisting the driver to make a decision rather than it being fully autonomous. No kidding. So chat GPT could be getting integrated into vehicles. It's happening right now. We're, we're looking at like 2024, 2025, these things to be rolling out into production. Wow, that is amazing. That That is actually would be a really cool driver experience that you can ask your car anything about where you are, where you're going, what's around you, and it can reply with some information about it. Yeah, absolutely. And the best thing is, is that that kind of mitigates the driver from texting on the phone or looking things up on Google. Oh. It really puts the driver's eyes on the road. So it not only makes them more efficient, but it also makes it safer for everybody. Yeah. Exactly. Wow, that's incredible. And I got to imagine this is a stepping stone, right? Is uh, you get to this advanced driver assistance systems, the ADOS systems, um, as a way to work up to autonomy. Yeah. So basically, what we're seeing again is a push toward autonomous vehicles. Now, we saw a couple panel discussions, and there was a consistent theme of how do we get the public to accept this? Now, I'm in the camp, uh, and there's there's a lot of uh, discussion about this, 
as to whether AI could provide a better driving experience or safer driving experience than, than a human could. My answer to that is it can do it better. I believe that if it's properly trained. Now, that being said, there is a lot of um, skepticism around it. It's a new technology. People are skeptical of AI. Everybody's seen Terminator and uh, they have questions, right? So basically what we're doing is we're starting to edge autonomy into the driving experience bit by bit. So rather than just taking control from the human, we're assisting them. And so we're doing that step by step and we're getting a lot better at it. And eventually, you know, as we move forward with this technology, eventually we're just going to converge on a fully autonomous experience. But there's a lot of PR behind that because if, uh, for example, if there is a incident, right, even if it's not the, uh, the autonomous vehicle's fault, there's a lot of clout behind that, and that could set the movement back by a decade. So what we're seeing is autonomous vehicles being tested in areas where there's not, for example, a lot of pedestrians, like in agriculture. If you have a farm with, uh, you know, 100 acres and you have a tractor, uh, you know, whose job is obviously to attend to those acres, there's probably not a, a lot of pedestrians around, right? So that makes a really great training area for something like that. Also in Canada, there are large areas of land uh, that are very rural and very remote. So that, that's where a lot of these vehicles are being tested right now. Yeah. And during one of those panel discussions, they were saying that, you know, it pretty much needs to be as smart as a human to be efficient on the road. And there's a lot of human to human driving accidents that happen, but how many accidents would it take for an autonomous vehicle to be in involved where they're just like, hey, we need to take that, that step back? Yeah, I think that that's an open question. And as I said before, that there's a lot of skepticism behind it. So I think that even if there's a single incident, you're going to have that camp that just gets inflamed and starts, you know, ranting. Uh, whereas obviously reality sets in and as good as this thing is going to get, as good as this technology is going to get, life happens, right? So I think that there's just going to be an acceptable level of incidents. Unfortunately, every incident is, is in my opinion, a tragedy, um, but you know, reality sets in, right? And I think that we're going to start to see a lot of legislature that's going to come in to govern that and manage that effectively. And it will probably still be less than human interaction, human driving, right, is when you have full autonomy and even though there will be incidents, it will probably be less than if it was all human drivers. I maintain that position. As I mentioned before, I'm in the camp that believes that autonomous vehicles and interconnected vehicles, if done properly, uh, could drastically reduce the number of incidents on the road. And so uh, speaking of autonomy, you know, check out our Fleet Defender uh, Kill Chain episode all about the levels of autonomy, because, you know, as we talk about ADOS, that's actually fits into the scale of zero to five for autonomous vehicles. So uh, give that a listen if you haven't yet and you want to learn more about autonomous vehicles. But I want to switch, actually, because, Daniel, you mentioned something really interesting, which is interconnectivity. Uh, can you expand on that a little bit? Yeah, sure. So basically with interconnectivity, we're talking about vehicle to vehicle or vehicle to device communication, Internet of Things type uh, situation. Uh, for an example, I uh, heard an example in a talk uh, at uh, Auto Tech Detroit about stop signs, stop signs that could communicate with cars. So that, uh, you know, for example, if you're driving late at night in a neighborhood you haven't really been exposed to and maybe it's not so well lit. 
that stop sign can kind of come out of nowhere, right? So it's nice to have your car have advance notice of that to try to help guide you to make the right decision. Another example is actually um, construction equipment. So imagine an interconnected uh, construction site whereby those orange cones can communicate with one another about the density of traffic and be aware of the uh, construction workers present or not. So one advantage of having a smart construction site in an interconnected city is the fact that, for example, we have speed limits, right? So one of the things, one of my pet peeves actually, is when I'm driving down the road late at night and I see the construction zone speed limit still being displayed when no one's present. So effectively, these cones would actually be aware of the workers that are available and around them or if they're not present. So if they're not present, the speed limit would automatically change back to uh, you know the appropriate speed limit and basically react to workers being present or not which i think alone is the best feature <laughs> that that's really amazing i mean all the all of these things around us in a city in a street you know all speaking to each other and speaking to the car to provide a better and safer experience i mean that's really incredible and i think it touches on a topic that Kendall you and i have talked about before which is smart cities Definitely. And one thing that was brought up during the conference, and I'm sure they have this in other areas as well, but there's a an area in Canada where they have about a four square kilometer, like fake, fake smart city where they do a lot of testing on the autonomous vehicles to see how it'll interact with pedestrians, the streetlights, uh, any other hazards that they have out there. Oh, so it's like a test city they built. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, wow. Yeah, I guess that would be a great way to train on, you know, make sure that the data and the training is correct is in a simulated real world. 100%, because I'd rather them do that in that simulated world than in the real world where there's real consequences if something were to happen. Yeah, that's true. And I remember us talking on a previous podcast too about uh, you know some of the areas in the United States that there's already autonomous vehicles on the road. Yeah, and there's an area down in Texas and a couple other places around the US where they have a geofence location and uh, fully autonomous trucks are able to do deliveries. That's incredible. I mean, it would be a little freaky to be driving next to a truck and you look up and there's no driver there. But I think right now they still have the safety driver. Is that right? I, I believe so. I think they sit kind of on the side of it in case if there were anything to happen. Wow. Cool. I mean, uh, so much talk about autonomous that we could have, but uh, I want to hear about some of the other things you guys saw. What were, what were some of the other exciting you know, innovations in like electric vehicles that you saw? Well, for example, we were actually talking to a very well-connected individual, kind of a, a mage in the industry, if you will. And I brought up the concept of electric charging stations and the fact that there's a lot of data that's being transmitted between the charging station and the vehicle. And, you know, us being a cybersecurity firm, I kind of tried to crowbar that into the conversation. And basically, the guy was just like, stop, stop right there. Uh, the... <laughs> The uh, engineers are just trying to get it to connect, right? Apparently, they, they only connect 70% of the time. That means the charging station in the car actually connect 70% of the time, right? So the, so the engineers are just trying to get the thing to work let alone cybersecurity. They're aware of it. They know they need it, but they're just trying to get the thing to work. And that statistic kind of blew me away. And it's baby steps. You know, you have to start somewhere. You can't just implement everything at one time. And hold on, hold on, hold on. We're just going to pass over that 30% of the time you plug in to charge your car and it won't connect? 
That's what I hear. Oh my gosh. Wow. That's pretty wild. I, I mean, you hear all this talk about expanding EV infrastructure. It sounds like we still have some hurdles to go through. <laughs> well, it's still actually, if you consider the technology, it's still actually fairly young. Uh, you know, the petrol industry took control of, uh, you know, and, and basically lobbied on behalf of the uh, internal combustion engine in the early 1900s. But there was actually electric vehicles back then. It's just a, been a resurgence based on, you know, the green movement and a lot of push toward uh, EVs in general. Yeah, that makes sense. And I know related to cybersecurity and charging stations, I've seen a lot of news about that, right? Is it, it can become another attack vector. So it's another way that, you know, bad actors can infiltrate into your vehicle through a charging port. And that's exactly uh, the case. The, the more we get interconnected, uh, the more we become autonomous, uh, the more gizmos we have in the car uh, is the more attack surface that we have. What we noticed in Autotech Detroit was not necessarily that cybersecurity wasn't on people's minds. It is. It's just that they're dealing with more pressing issues, for example, getting chargers to connect to cars. Yeah, that sounds a little more pressing. <laughs> but it sounds like you all <laughs> met some really interesting folks at the conference. Um, did you get a chance to attend any panels or anything like that? Yeah, so there's one panel that we attended that uh, one of their main focuses is talking about how people need to collaborate in the industry to get everybody on that side to agree with hey, you know, this is what we need to do. This is what the future is heading towards. And how do we work together to get us there? Yeah, I have to imagine it's going to take an entire industry effort to truly move towards, say, like a fully autonomous world, right? A fully autonomous country or state or even city, smart city, really is going to take a lot of cooperation. 100%. It's going to be a long process. It's not just something that can happen tomorrow or even the next year. It's going to be a long, long process to get us there. And Another thing that was brought up in a panel discussion is the cooperation on the regulatory side with cities uh, and the government in general, right? So we understand, you know, it's kind of almost a almost a banality at this point that uh, the government, you know, moves at the speed of government, right? So, um, for example, there was a representative of the city of Detroit, and he told us this kind of alarming uh, story about a. Uh, I want to say it was a smart stop sign or a, a smart device that uh, I think. Oh, actually, I think it was um, smart meters for cars. But anyway, uh, there was a company trying to integrate that into the city, and they were just trying to get a permit for it. And after m nine months, they gave up, right? Because the city just wasn't responsive. And so he, his campaign within the city of Detroit was actually to change that. So he's found ways to kind of fast track technology to being approved for use and deployment in the city. So I think that that's very important that we start having our government officials uh, not only just blanket approving things, but talking about safety, talking about effectiveness, talking about how we're going to launch this, how, we're, how are we going to deploy this, and what's that going to look like in the future. And Detroit is actually very proactive about it. Um, you know, in, in the past, uh, there was an exodus in manufacturing from Detroit. Now that's all coming back. There's wow. a lot of manufacturing coming right back to Detroit. And don't forget, a lot of automotive goliaths are headquartered out of Detroit. Yeah. And plus the rise of all this automotive technology. I mean, it's a huge industry that's only going to grow and grow and grow as we get closer to, you know, fully software defined vehicles and all these other innovations in the market. And so speaking of innovations in the market, uh, Kendall, you mentioned to me that there was an award ceremony. So what was the awards for? 
Yeah, so the awards were the top 10 best uh, interiors and UX or user experiences for vehicles. And they held that at the very last day of the conference. And it, I mean, it was amazing seeing what the insides of the vehicles look like nowadays. And I can tell you, walking around with Daniel, he wanted to see every vehicle that was there. And uh, he just thought it was the most awesome thing. So, uh, Daniel, if you want to expand on uh, some of the better vehicles or some of the better features that you saw. With wait, wait, wait. Candle. Let me guess. Let me guess. It's going to be BMW. <laughs> you got me. <laughs> so I was going to say, I was going to say with pleasure, Kendall, it, got, it gave me a chance to become a 10 year old again. <laughs> it's like a kid um, in a candy shop. Yeah. A- absolutely. And on that note, of course, I have to uh, interject about BMW. There was a beautiful seven series, uh, fully electric, uh, which won an award uh, for uh, the interior, uh, you know, it's design interior. And it was just absolutely beautiful. It had a very classy ergonomic design. One thing that I do love about BMW is they their purpose is to keep your eyes on the road. So this was very uh, centric to the driver. And like we were talking before about ADOS, it was, it, was, it was basically focused on keeping the driver's eyes on the road. There was also a gorgeous Hyundai Genesis, um, which had a particularly interesting feature that really uh, was show-stopping, right? And that was the, se- the, the shifter in the center console actually rotated around when you turn the car on. And there was this really just jaw-dropping Merlin crystal ball thing. Really? You kind of, yeah, and you kind of hovered your hand over it and you could change stuff and access the, you know, controls and features and stuff like that. Not only that, but it had this responsive lighting system that would actually adjust and change due to the ambient noise in the car. So it would react to the music and stuff like that. Absolutely just floored me. Uh, Best of show, one of the coolest things I've ever seen in a car. Uh, finally, we have the GMC Hummer. Uh, th- those were the three that really stood out to me. Uh, there, there are others that were obviously nice. There, there was about ten, I think, uh, Kendall, if you recall, that, that actually won awards. Yep, ten. Yeah. So, but the three that stood out was, um, you know, the the BMW, the the, Hun- the Hyundai Genesis, and uh, the final one was the GMC Hummer. That was absolutely amazing. Again, I got to be a ten-year-old kid playing with trucks again and see this gorgeous just Goliath of a vehicle, fully electric and get this the thing that the icing on the cake, the really, the really put the cherry on top was that it had a kicker audio system built in. This is a, like a competition level sound system that just comes stock. Just absolutely amazing. Interior was beautiful. Uh, definitely, definitely take a look at it. Wow. Yeah. I've seen those GMC Hummers. Those are the ones that can do that crab walk. Have you ever seen that? Yeah. Yep. I actually saw a video the other day of one doing that. It looks like not real. You know what I mean? It, it looked like a glitch. Wild. Yeah. 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 It looks like it's edited, like, yeah. like the Photoshopped or something. <laughs> yeah. So being in Autotech Detroit, it gave us like a great opportunity to see the different features, the different technologies that are coming out for autonomous electric vehicles, ADOS and everything like that. So great experience overall. And uh, I hope to come back again and visit. Yeah, well, thank you, gentlemen, for joining today. Uh, really appreciate you taking the time to walk us through your experience at Autotech Detroit. Um, if you'd like to learn more about automotive cybersecurity or how an intrusion detection system like Fleet Defender fits in your defense in-depth strategy, uh, especially as we move towards these more autonomous, electric, and software-defined vehicles, uh, check us out at fleetdefender.com. Otherwise, thank you so much for listening. And Kendall, Daniel, we'll see you again soon. Thank you. 
Thank you so much for having me. Take care.